Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. And a good, a good Monday morning to you. It is Memorial Day. Eric Bilstad here for Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Hill is producing the program today. Hope you are enjoying your most ridiculously weather weekend ever. The The holiday has got to be one of the best ever as far as the weather goes. Another gorgeous day today, a high of 84. As we know, many will be out honoring and memorializing those who lost their lives. Uh, we will also do some of that here on the program this morning. Uh, a couple of interesting little stories that are coming out that we want to share with you. John mercure has got a great one that will air later this hour as well about a Pearl Harbor, uh, a, a young man who lost his life in Pearl Harbor. So we'll do that later this hour. I have a story about a, um, a viral video from nearly 20 years ago now that's still viral, that still gets seen and watched and viewed, and that's honoring a fallen veteran, or I'm sorry, a fallen service member from our area. So we'll do that later this half hour as well. Plus much, much more on Memorial Day. There's a lot already happening, in fact, this morning. We know that uh, we have a teammate in uh, Lowell, which is in Dodge County. Patrick Kane is there. They're on television today, Greg. You see them? Yeah, looking good, man. Yeah. It's good for TV. Doing some TV work, uh, Patrick Kane. So they have a big event taking place in uh, northwestern Dodge County today where they're honoring several uh, of those who have been killed and those who have lost their lives are doing that in many of the smaller towns in that area. Of course, Wood Cemetery is the big one here locally in Milwaukee. Uh, and that takes place at 945 I'm sorry, 925. So 925 program at Wood National Cemetery. Pine Lawn Memorial Park's got an event taking place. I know the Sons of Union veterans of the Civil War and Auxiliary Memorial Day service, they're doing something at 10. That's at Calvary Cemetery. So lots of events that are going to take place today. It's always a neat moment. My, um, my, my wife's grandfather is World War II vet, and uh, he was a VFW state commander, so he was proud of that, man. He would march and, and do that in the parades, uh, and uh, his wife, Shirley, also played a role in the VFW, and they are at, um, at Brookfield at Wisconsin Memorial now. They uh, are resting comfortably. Um, and all the flags are up now, which is just cool. Well, you just see you drive past there and you see like all of these flags is kind of blowing and whatnot. So I just, it's a cool moment. It's a cool day. Um, one of those days that we try to like appreciate but also enjoy, if that makes any sense. I'm one of those guys who... Um, this is like one of my favorite holidays, and people like look look at me funny. Like, why are you, why are you saying that a day that can be considered a, a somber one is your favorite holiday? And I guess my my point is, is that it gives me perspective, makes me I appreciate things more. I'm not going to lament about a chore. I'm not going to get in a petty argument over something silly because there are others who lost their lives doing some pretty remarkable things. The last thing I need to do is get all annoyed about the fact that my kid hasn't mowed the lawn yet, you know, and like little things like that. So like, I just, I, I, I appreciate that perspective and I appreciate knowing that life is short and life should be fun and we should smile once in a while. So I, I appreciate them. I think of them on this day and I also make sure that I enjoy myself too, because that's what they would want me to do. I know that for a fact. Um, so for all of you out there today, we're thinking about you too, because I know it can be a challenge for a lot of folks today when they think back of a gold star family or someone in their life. So we're with you today. 
And we're also going to have a little fun as well as we enjoy a beautiful, beautiful Monday right here in Southeast Wisconsin. We have sports coming up next, then much more, including this fascinating viral story I was telling you about. A viral video, one of the first ever that's still viral now, honoring someone who lost their lives overseas. We'll do it next, 612. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Sports Desk. Here's Dominic Catronio. The Brewers get back on track in a big way against the San Francisco Giants in the series finale on Sunday. Trying to avoid a four-game sweep. William Contreras having a slow month of May. Got things going early. And the pitch. Bob Euchre on the call here on WTMJ. The Brewers win 7-5, and they'll have a happy flight to Toronto for a three-game series starting on Tuesday. Manager Craig Council on William Contreras having a great day at the plate. Yeah, a big swing for sure, um, and even in the first inning, a big swing, um, which is, you know, that that's the place where he collects a lot of his hits, I think. Yeah, he's in the middle of the lineup, and he, and he did a nice job and had a big day driving in runs. The Brewers are off today on this Memorial Day, but... Play tomorrow. First pitch is at 6.07. Our coverage will begin at 5.35 right here on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Not many other sports happening yesterday, but Joseph Newgarden wins the Indianapolis 500 in his 12th attempt in the race. He went with whole milk, by the way, at the Brickyard. Tonight, you've got a couple of great matchups. Of course, the headline, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA Playoffs, tips off at 7.30 on TNT. Boston and Miami, a reminder, no team has ever returned from an 0-3 deficit in NBA history. And the city of Boston certainly knows a thing or two about making an improbable comeback. And on the ice, the Dallas Stars are trying to stave off elimination against the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a game six back in Dallas. Vegas wins. They will move on to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in their history. The Dallas Stars trying to make it twice in the last three years. They're also trying to come back from a 3-0 deficit and try to force a game seven on Wednesday. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks, Dom. So I caught the end of that Heat Celtics game six. So, Greg, what happened, what happened for me? And I'm curious what happened to you on this. Because, so we're sitting on our patio with some friends, and we, I saw that it was close. I'm like, hey, let's go run inside quick and right. pop it on. Yep. So we run inside quick, and you know, my, some of the, the wives hanging out outside, the you know, dudes come inside, we want to catch the end of the game. And uh, I can't get my YouTube TV to work. Like, the remote's not working right. I'm like, dang it. So I pop it up on my phone. <laughs> so yeah, we did. watched the final yep. play on my phone. But we oh. got to see it, which is better yeah. than I can say for you. Fair what I did, because in, as I was watching, I was like, all right, finally, they made it a game. It's kind of been one-sided. Here we go. They're coming out of the timeout to set up the final play. And my stream quits. And it's loading, <laughs> and it's spinning. And I, and I had company over, too. So, of course, I'm like... Oh, you got to be kidding. Of all times, of all commercial breaks, of everything going on, this is the time it quits. And we rejoin, and Derek White and all the Celtics are pointing at the floor saying, it counted, it counted. And then I had to see a replay of the final play. Not the best. <laughs> that is the worst feeling in the world when you're hosting and that stuff happens. I can't believe it. 618. We take a look back at a viral video before that kind of thing was a thing on this Memorial Day. Had another moment. This has happened before, 
But I had another moment this weekend of realizing that my son or one of my children is better at me than something. Oh, this one, my, my teenager. Are you still digesting that? Yeah, I, I realized it several years ago, actually, for the first time. But uh, I've always been the better fisherman. <laughs> Not anymore. Yes, of course. Not anymore. My uh, my oldest is like, we. I took him fishing every, uh, on Friday into Saturday. So two days of fishing. And Sounds he, like he took you fishing. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. He's pulling bass out. He's pulling everything out. I'm, I you know, got a pan fish here and there and here. He's just rocking it. So, yeah, he's officially better. I, when does that, like, just become accepted? You know, like, okay. I mean, I kind of knew it early on with this kid. Like, he... Could do this better than me. He could play this better than me. He's a better piano player than me. He can cook food better than me. Is, like, <laughs> is it better if it's cerebral versus like something physical? Like if you like are you know hmm. you take your kid to the basketball and kind of work them a little bit. It's like I'm <laughs> physically bigger than you, but then it Just, starts to get to the like, well, I'm smarter than you, Dad. Yeah. So what do you got? Yeah, when my youngest beat me in chess, I was like, come <laughs> on, <laughs> yeah, there it is. You're 11. Come on. Anyway, um, so yeah, special weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we have a couple of stories we wanted to bring just to kind of honor, of course, those we've lost overseas, especially uh, locally here. And I, I've told this story before, and I just, it impacted me then. We're about the same age. There's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, his name is Bobby Warns. He's a Marine who died overseas nearly 20 years ago now from Waukesha, and uh, I had never, I don't recall the news of when he met his untimely Death. However, I do remember where I was when I first saw this video. There's a video, uh, a montage of his funeral. And I remember Mark Reardon, of all people, for the longtime listeners, they know that name. Mark Reardon was watching it in the newsroom and he's like, check this out, watch this. And I was like, oh my gosh, it just, it like, it was very impactful to me just because it kind of made you realize what it is and what it's like to lose someone, to be a gold star family, just in that, you know, this snippet of a video. And um, so I told that story one time, and then a few years later, I reached out to Bobby's mother, and I talked to her and retold the story, and she, she explained that she was still hearing from people who had seen this video, that they decided they wanted to edit this, post it online so other people could appreciate it, could remember him. And um, he had an unborn baby girl um, when he died, and, and now she's got to be close to, what, 18 years old, 20 years old, which is just incredible to me. Um, so I wanted to bring this back. I, I have not, I've seen the Warrenses on TV throughout the years since then, doing some different stories about their son, which I think is fantastic. But I wanted to bring this one back. This is about 10 years old, uh, this story, when I spoke with uh, Bridget Warrens, Bobby's mom, about this amazing, amazing video that they created. Marine Corporal Bobby Warns of Waukesha was killed while serving his country in 2004. He was 24 years old. But Bobby's memory lives strong, thanks in part to a moving video tribute shot during his funeral. Bobby was an entertainer. Bobby was a playmate. Bobby was an artist. Bobby was a lover. Bobby was a free spirit. I think it's been seen by over a million people. Wow. That's on a lot of people's Facebook sites. When they were planning Bobby's funeral, his mother, Bridget Warren, says they knew they wanted to have it professionally documented. We knew that this was going to be pretty special uh, with all of the uh, Marines involved, and uh, there was a baby on the way. A baby girl named Peyton. Bobby's girlfriend was pregnant with the couple's first child when he was killed. He never got to meet her. 
So Bridget decided to call the videographers who had shot her daughter's wedding a year earlier. We reached out to them and uh, they were a little surprised, but um, said that they would do it, but just warned us they'd never done anything like this before. So I just told them I trusted them and uh, they took it away and they, they, did, they did it all. And I said, Bobby, when you get home, make sure you come and see me. And Bobby's here, and Bobby came to see me. The family put the video online, and it caught fire, with relatives, friends, the media, and even service members sharing it across the globe. Should the Army and the Navy ever gaze on heaven's scenes, they will find the streets are guarded by United States Marines. Even now, Years later, Bridget says they still hear from complete strangers who have spotted the video online. We'll get the occasional, you know, um, email response, you know, maybe every other week, just to let us know, you know, how grateful they were. So it's wonderful. Not only does the tribute continue to comfort the family, but it's also a way for little Peyton to get to know her daddy. Just wonderful to have her know how much people appreciated what her dad did. So that's the uh, the video of Bobby Warren's lost overseas nearly 20 years ago from Marine from Waukesha. If you Google Bobby Warren's, it'll come up pretty quick and you can see it. And it, it it's something that can give you perspective on this day. You can still enjoy yourself today. You can still go boating and grilling and, and, and see loved ones or family and, and do all that stuff, of course. But maybe this can just help give you a little perspective and put you... In a different mindset, you can appreciate today even more because it's going to be a gorgeous one today. Uh, coming up before we get to 7 o'clock, around 6.50, we're going to hear from John Mercure. He's got a great piece about uh, someone from Pearl Harbor, and the story that he has to tell on that is pretty remarkable. So we'll do that around 6.50. And then next hour, uh, we're going to hear a, an old voice, um, one of my old colleagues, probably hasn't been on WDTMJ in uh, 20 years now, and uh, it's an audio essay he made years ago that I just I, I think is very poignant and profound. He's just got away with the words. We'll bring that in the 7 o'clock hour. Right now, 6.27, news about your money. Annex Wealth Management Market Update. The markets are closed today, of course, because it is Memorial Day. Annex Wealth Management Know the difference. 627 on News Radio, WDTMJ. Wisconsin's Morning News. Eric Bilstead along with Greg Hill. Vince is back tomorrow as we celebrate Memorial Day. A lot going on today. So we'll try to keep you apprised of all the all the ceremonies that are taking place. There's, there's a, a lot happening in a lot of different areas, a lot of parades and whatnot. So I hope uh, all can enjoy the day and celebrate the day and honor those war dead. We'll have much more on Memorial Day coming up here in about 10 minutes. But this story out of Indianapolis, I'm not a big um, race car watcher. You know, like NASCAR doesn't do much for me. Formula One occasionally. I got some friends who like Formula One. Um, but IndyCar, you know, just not my thing. But when I saw this happen yesterday, so this is during the race. 17 laps to go, hundreds of thousands of fans in the stands, a scary high-speed crash involving drivers Kyle Kirkwood and Felix Rosenquist. Basically, one car 
slides into another, and a tire goes flying. <laughs> Nothing, though, guys, as we see Joseph Newgarden on the outside of Felix Rosenquist moves that shell car. Whoa! So there's right the first the bump. Big time. This is going to be a big and then what, right here comes here. the tire. Keep it the turn two wall. Oh, no! Kirkwood! Ooh. Kirkwood upside down! The tire during that oh, no gets, goes shooting over the grandstand, shoots from the car like the two tires hit each other. The one shoots off propels into the air over the grandstand, <laughs> over the grandstand. So over crowds of people and it lands in a parking lot. I don't know how far away, what, 50 yards or something. Yeah, it had to be. It wasn't anywhere close and it slammed into a car. It hit a car and that's it. Unbelievably, it didn't hit anything else. All I seen was a bang and a tire go through the air. Kirkwood went sideways. A Peter Clyde hit me right there. The rubber. Well, it actually wrecked in front of us, so he felt some of the rubber debris. Um, we saw the tire with part of the suspension fly right over us, over the fans. <laughs> right over us. Right over us. Like they make. Greg, they make um, fencing around all of these. Even at the Milwaukee Mile, they have fencing that will catch like anything. You could be getting propelled at 250 miles per hour and a fence will catch it. But if you clear the fence, (laughs) anything goes. You know what's crazy is we're neglecting the fact that someone's car flipped over. Like that's not the craziest thing that happened. Yeah, right. And and the video of that, by the way, is pretty remarkable. Right. And they show the video inside his little – Yeah, have you seen that? So during that crash, the reason the tire shot off was because the cars were facing each other. They were inverted, (laughs) if you will. And the two tires are spinning opposite directions. It shot the one off and propelled it into space. Um, and it's, it's luckily we can smirk about it and laugh about it now because thank God no one was hurt. I mean, that, this could have been tragic by a lot tragic. And thankfully all it did was hit this lady named Robin here. Her name's Robin. It hit her car and here's her conversation about it with a, a local TV reporter, Robin and her vehicle. We saw the tire go over because I was in turn two and they said the tire went over. And somebody said that it hit one of the golf carts. Well, I was parked by the golf cart. And I looked and I saw the back of my car. And I'm like, okay, I didn't think of anything. And then somebody from another suite's like, Robin, it was your car. And I'm like, shut up. You know, because I didn't believe him. He's a jokester. And he's like, it's your car. And he showed me a picture. I'm like, immediately my stomach dropped and I was shaking. Just, just anxious and nervous, you know. Just scared, not just thankful that nobody got hurt, you know. And um, my car's name is Snowball, and she took one for the team. Yes, she did. Snowball did take one for the team. And there's all this video and documentation of Snowball being put on a tow truck and being driven away. There's video online of tow truck carrying Snowball on different highways away from the area. Uh, I don't know. What do you tell your insurance in something like this? Yeah, Indy <laughs> car tire. And where is the tire? Like, who ended up grabbing That's that? That's a great thing? question. Where did the tire go? I don't even know how you start with that phone call. <laughs> to, the, to the insurance. Hey, did you watch the Indy 500? <laughs> no, pl- you didn't? Okay. Plenty of video on it, though. <laughs> yeah. Can't dispute it much. Yeah, but the insurance, they'll find a way, right? To like. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we, we, we can't pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cl- you were clearly in the wrong. You shouldn't have parked it that close to a racetrack. But actually, I have to admit, like, if you see the video of the car, it's not damaged that badly. I mean, they, they estimate that the tire, as it was flinging through the air over hundreds and hundreds of people, 
It was going 100 miles per hour. It just catapulted itself and came down like a comet. And it like really only dented the hood of the car. It didn't. I mean, they had to take it away. They couldn't drive it. Uh, Here's a little bit more from from Robin. (laughs) What was the damage? Um... I don't know, the radiator, the lights were on, and then there was fluid leaking from it. It was the left side, the driver's side. It was totally dented. The tire was messed up, so they towed it away. Did Do you know, did the tire land on your car? Did it bounce oh, it, and hit your car? Yeah, it landed on my car. Yeah. Yeah, it landed on my car. See, that's at the point where the reporter doesn't know what else to ask. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> so She was like, what are you talking about, guy? Look at my car. What have we been talking about for the last five minutes? Yes, yes, it hit my car. It landed right there. You can see in the hood with the giant crack on it, and the car can't move. So so I'm going to go with yes. Although, I, you know what I haven't seen yet, though, is any video of the tire hitting the car. I kind of assumed there'd be some grainy shot. Or some like wide shot of a of the parking lot, which isn't close to where the crash was, by the way. Um, and then you'd see it come flying in there and bouncing. Yeah. Uh, someone did suffer a minor injury, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that was. I don't. I have not heard if that was actually from getting hit by the tire. And by the way, like those things. I mean, you should see pit row sometimes for people that are into that. Like any type, of, tires are dangerous. Even if they're moving a lot slower than that, you don't want to mess with them. So thankfully, I God, thankfully, I don't know what they would have done. If tragedy would have happened, would they have installed nets like they do at a baseball game? That's a great point. Yeah, like what measures will be taken to prevent the tire catastrophe again? Or do they now? Yeah, I was going to say, they have to now, right? right? You would think. Well, no one was killed, so we're fine. Like, is that... I mean, it always seems to take tragedy... Yeah. It did in hockey. It's, we've seen it in baseball. Mm-hmm. But, God, I mean, it's, am- it's amazing the engineering of the fencing and what it can withstand. And then here, you know, you, life finds a way. A tire finds a way. It's 641. I'm just blown away by that thing. 641 here on Wisconsin's Morning News. So Vince is back Monday. Just Greg and I today. We'll get you till 9 o'clock. Steve is in today, and I'm sure he'll have plenty of uh, Memorial Day programming as well as we honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice on this Memorial Day. So here's what we're going to do. Later on this hour, so we're going to hear from John Mercure here coming up after sports. We'll have Don with sports. going to check in with John Mercure. He's got a great piece he did that, we, that honors a, a, a soldier from Pearl Harbor. So we'll do that around 6.50. And then next hour, I want to play this for you. This is, uh, there's just certain things that are so relatable. And uh, Andy Smith, who is an old colleague of ours, he, he worked at WTMJ. You probably recognize the name, maybe even recognize the voice. He's got a very specific radio voice. Uh, and he's kind of a, he, he just is a very good writer. Uh, and he has a way with words. And he describes Memorial Day when he was a kid. And this was during, you know, Vietnam and all that stuff. And it's just very relatable, the way he's questioning things and curious about things. And um, it'll, it'll leave an imprint for you. We'll do that around 7.20. We'll do that after sports at 7.15. So much more uh, fun and frivolity as well. Of course, it is a holiday weekend, so we'll have some fun as well along the way. But want to make sure that we're honoring those today on this Memorial Day. 6.42, Dom has sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Sports Desk. Here's Dominic Catronio. The Brewers and the Giants series finale on Sunday featured Alex Cobb, one of the top five pitchers in the National League to this point in the season. His ERA barely over two heading into Sunday. After it, 
it certainly had a dent. Line to right center. Get down, baby. Base hit. Two more runs are going to score. It's 5 nothing Brewers. Owen Miller with a liner into right center. And the pitch. Hit to left and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for William Contreras. Bob Euchre on the call here on WTMJ. The Brewers win 7-5. to It got a little tight late. Devin Williams recorded a four-out save. Colin Ray got the win. All of this damage done against Alex Cobb, allowing a season-high seven runs for the Giants' ace. Here's manager Craig Council. He's pitching as well as uh, any starter in the National League right now. Um, so we, we did a great job against him for sure. And um, it, it's, he's a tough pitcher, and we did a nice job against him. The Brewers are off today on Memorial Day, but they hit the road to Toronto tomorrow. First pitches at 6.07. Adrian Hauser will take the ball against Yusei Kikuchi. Our coverage will start at 5.35. Tonight, you've got a couple of great matchups. Of course, the headline, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA playoffs tips off at 7.30 on TNT. Boston and Miami, a reminder, no team has ever returned from an 0-3 deficit in NBA history. And on the ice, the Dallas Stars are trying to stave off elimination against the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a game six back in Dallas. Vegas wins. They will move on to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in their history. The Dallas Stars trying to make it twice in the last three years. They're also trying to come back from a 3-0 deficit and try to force a game seven on Wednesday. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Bob Euchre had some thanks, Don. Bob Euchre had some uh, very uh, poignant comments regarding Memorial Day during the broadcast yesterday. We're going to bring that to you. We'll play that after the sports there at seven fifteen. We'll bring that so you can hear that pretty neat moment from Mister Baseball. A Wisconsin sailor killed at Pearl Harbor finally comes home and will be buried today. John Mercure has that story next. Eric Bilstead along with Greg Hill and Dom Catronio on this Wisconsin's Morning News Memorial Day edition. I wanted to bring this story to you. This is from John Mercure, uh, and I just find it so fascinating. And actually, it's great to finally see some closure for a family. A Wisconsin sailor uh, who was killed at Pearl Harbor, he was never found, has now been identified. And now after more than 80 years, after more than 80 years, this sailor is coming home to be buried on Memorial Day. John has that story. As the waves rolled in, December 7th, 1941, began quiet and beautiful at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. A cherished son from Wisconsin was there. 25-year-old David Riley from Judah in central Wisconsin was a radio man on the battleship Oklahoma. Deb Krause-Smith is a distant cousin. For them, I think it was an ordinary day. Um, the There were ships that were um, moored there at Pearl Harbor. They were... Some of them were not on the ship. Um, they were uh, on shore. Some of them had families there. It was a Sunday. It was, a, from what I understand, a beautiful Sunday morning. The day quickly turned to anything but ordinary. The USS Oklahoma was torpedoed, and the ship actually, within 12 minutes, capsized. And so... There were people who were able to get off the ship, but some were trapped inside. Um, From what I've read, the ship turned almost, well, it did turn upside down, and so um, the people 
left inside were even disoriented because up was down and down was up. And uh, there were some men who were able to, to get out, but most of them that were left on the ship did not. Many, including Riley, were trapped for days as the massive ship became a steel tomb. David was one of them. And I'm, you know, I kind of think like, you know, why did he have to be one of the 429? More than 400 sailors died and hundreds of men couldn't be identified. They were buried at the Punchbowl National Cemetery of the Pacific in massive caskets. The men were there for almost 75 years before being exhumed in 2015 because of advances in DNA testing technology. Initially, one of the caskets they opened, they thought would be, you know, four or five, the remains of four or five sailors. And it turned out there was over 100 sailors in one casket. Riley was identified, and Deb Krause-Smith is now hopeful he and his family can now finally rest. The sad part for me is that um, when he went to the Navy, I think he was just starting to find himself. uh, Because one of the last letters that he sent home before Pearl Harbor was that he was starting to realize the seriousness of life and that he had missed opportunities along the way, and he intended to make that right when he was done with his service. But he never got that opportunity. And in quiet Judah, Wisconsin, population 400, David Riley is coming home. I'm just happy. I I think it's wonderful. And I'm glad that there's going to be some closure to this whole story. On this Memorial Day weekend, it's a goodbye, 81 years in the making. It's a wonderful feeling, and it's not so much for family members, but for the community. John Merck here, WTMJ News. Thank you, John. Great stuff. That's fantastic. Love that. Just excellent for closure, and bring them home. Uh, Memorial Day parades and different events that are starting to take place now. We have lots of them. Uh, some of them are already underway. Uh, we know that Patrick Kane, he's been reporting from uh, Lowell in, in Dodge County. They've had some events already taking place. Actually, I saw them on TMJ4 News as well. So there's some events taking place early this morning. Know that we have some parades that kick off here at 9 a.m. We have some other ceremonies and whatnot. Wood National, uh, they have their program beginning at 9.25. Concert starts at 9. And then the program at 9.25. Uh, 9.45, that's the start time at Pine Lawn. Memorial and the uh, Calvary Cemetery. They have an event at 10 o'clock as well. And then all those parades. Pretty neat. It's uh, it's one of those things where you get a little slice of Americana, right? Like you, Boy Scouts come walking through. I remember um, for many, many years uh, since I've been living in the falls, uh, my wife and I live in the falls and we would always go to the Memorial Day parade and bring the kids and whatnot. And for years, there'd be like a um, convertible and uh five or six guys wearing like the, the Hawaiian shirts and it's Pearl Harbor survive. And they're always the first ones to come through after the flag and everyone like stands and claps and whatnot. And then a year later, two years later, there's a few less. A couple years later, there's maybe one or two and they just, you know, they're, they're aging out. And that's a, it's a sad thing to, 
to know, but at least we can still remember, especially on this Memorial Day. You got a couple of calls on some stuff taking place, eh? Yeah, so I got a call from uh, Dean Collins. He's the chaplain of Sons of Union Veterans of the Civil War. You mentioned the Calvary Cemetery. Oh, okay. yeah. uh, friend of the show, Archbishop Lestecki will be there. Excellent. And at 10 a.m., that service starts, 5503 West Bloomout. After the Mass, too, uh, Archbishop will be firing off the cannons. So I think that's <laughs> yeah. pretty great. That was really cool. Boom. So thanks, Dean. I appreciate you calling in and telling me that. Go in peace. Serve the boom. boom. That's how they do that. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. And a good Memorial Day morning to you. Eric Bilstad here, along with Greg Hill, producing the program. Vince is back tomorrow. What a gorgeous weekend it has been. Another gorgeous one today as we celebrate our war dead, our, our folks, our men and women who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. I know there's going to be some uh, very poignant and profound uh, ceremonies taking place throughout the morning today and into the afternoon. So for those who are taking part, we're thinking about you today and much more on Memorial Day and a fascinating audio essay from a former colleague of mine. We'll do that at 7.20 this morning after sports. Right here, though, Greg. Here we go. Got this for you. All right. So the most infuriating airport <laughs> for travelers. Milwaukee is number 11 for most infuri- infuriating. Infuriating? Infuriating. Thank you. Milwaukee is number 11. So... <laughs> It's <laughs> for whatever reason. Based on uh, 55% of tweets to Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport were angry. <laughs> Which Who tweets at an airport when they're pleased, though? I have a pro. Well, see, that's just it. I had a great flight and experience. I mean, there's only two tweets coming at Milwaukee Mitchell. It's either this complaining about something or it's, hey, look at the recombobulation sign. Yeah, it's, it's one I of those two it. things. There's nothing else. Uh, the most common words or complaints. Delays. That was going to be my first guess, delay. Cancellations. Recalled. Lost. Again, these are the most commonly used words and complaints in tweets complaining about Milwaukee Mitchell International. The last one on here is Southwest, <laughs> which I'm not sure if you can blame the, air, the airport for that, but Southwest also made uh, the list. So, yes, the... Forbes advisor analyzed 37,000 tweets across 60 airports to see which airports have the angriest travelers and what are the most common issues travelers are experiencing. And Milwaukee was number 11. So I also found this very interesting. So Andrea Sachs, she, uh, Wall Street Journal reporter, and she was on uh, America This Morning. It's the short show with Gordon Deal that precedes this one on WTMJ. It's usually on 4 to 5 a.m. Uh, she was on talking about the flight times. Did you know... That when you see a flight time, it's not from when you take off to when you land. It's from gate to gate. No. Really? So so whenever you're like kind of slow and and stuck on the tarmac for a long time before you take off and you're like, oh, we're never going to get there. Actually, oftentimes you do because they... They kind of assume that could potentially happen. So, of course, you know, when you go to book a flight and you see the time span from when you take off, so you think, to when you land, so departing and arrival. And so they, it turns out that they pad that amount of time. So you might think that it's just how much time you're actually flying, but they are factoring in 
so many worst case scenarios. You know, they're determining whether there's traffic on the ground and so that you're going to be in a lineup waiting to take off. They're thinking about maybe turbulence. Maybe they you have to get rerouted. Maybe when you land, your gate's not ready. So they are like truly thinking worst case scenario and then just putting a lot of extra time in there that really has nothing to do with how much time you're in your seat and flying through the clouds. So I never really put that... I always thought there was maybe like some tailwind or whatever that could help push you quicker. And obviously you got storms or whatever, but it's, it's gate to gate. That's the time frame for when you look at your flight length. That's when, the movie theater. Oh, the movie starts at 510. It's a two and a half hour movie. We'll be out there by 740. Oh, no, no, no. The movie doesn't start till 535, <laughs> 545. And you're not even exaggerating. Yeah. I mean, it's at least 20 minutes it has now. To be. At least 20 minutes of trailers, commercials. Yeah, we still show up right at time. And I always think, I'm like, oh, because I like watching the trailers. And I do. I, I like trailers. But, God, by the eighth one. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and they're all two minutes long. But they're all the same, too. If you see, like, an action movie, they're all going to be action movie trailers. <laughs> right. If you see a horror movie, they're all going to be horror yep, movie trailers. Yep. And usually you've already seen them online. So it's not even like you've <laughs> yeah, seen something exactly. new. It is 7.13. Dom's got sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All sports desk. Here's Dominic Catronio. The Brewers get back on track in a big way against the San Francisco Giants in the series finale on Sunday. Trying to avoid a four-game sweep. William Contreras having a slow month of May. Got things going early. And the pitch. Bob Euchre on the call here on WTMJ. The Brewers win 7-5, and they'll have a happy flight to Toronto for a three-game series starting on Tuesday. Manager Craig Council on William Contreras having a great day at the plate. Yeah, a big swing for sure, um, and even in the first inning, a big swing, um, which is, you know, that that's the place where he collects a lot of his hits, I think. Yeah, he's in the middle of the lineup, and he, and he did a nice job and had a big day driving in runs. The Brewers are off today on this Memorial Day, but... Play tomorrow. First pitch is at 6.07. Our coverage will begin at 5.35 right here on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Not many other sports happening yesterday, but Joseph Newgarden wins the Indianapolis 500 in his 12th attempt in the race. He went with whole milk, by the way, at the Brickyard. Tonight, you've got a couple of great matchups. Of course, the headline, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA playoffs. Tips off at 7.30 on TNT. Boston and Miami. A reminder, no team has ever returned from an 0-3 deficit in NBA history. And the city of Boston certainly knows a thing or two about making an improbable comeback. And on the ice, the Dallas Stars are trying to stave off elimination against the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a game six back in Dallas. Vegas wins. They will move on to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in their history. The Dallas Stars trying to make it twice in the last three years. They're also trying to come back from a 3-0 deficit and try to force a game seven on Wednesday. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. All right, thank you, Dom. Hey, as promised, we wanted to bring you this. This is from yesterday's broadcast during the Brewers game, Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre, of course, a veteran uh, who's done a lot for our vets and for those uh, Gold Star families. He had this to say about Memorial Day. And since they didn't have a game today, I think that's why he wanted to make sure he mentioned this yesterday. So here's a minute of Mr. Baseball. Before we leave you today and this Memorial Day weekend, 
finishes up, and we remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice to have us be able to do what we did today for you, to be able to broadcast Major League Baseball games, and all of that is due to these people, the veteran, not the preacher, who has given us the religion and the freedom of that. It is the veteran, not the reporter, who has given us freedom of the press. It is the veteran, not the poet, who has given us freedom of speech. It is the veteran, not the campus organizer, who has given us freedom to assemble. It is the veteran, not the lawyer, who has given us the right to a fair trial. It is the veteran, not the politician, who has given us the right to vote. It is the veteran who salutes the flag who serves under the flag and whose coffin is draped by the flag. Author unknown from a disabled American veteran magazine. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember what was first or which of my three kids was the youngest when they were better at me than something. Like, I know my daughter... Beat me at chess. She had to have been ten at the time, and that was Ooh, like, come tough, on, tough come beat. on. But and like, he, like walked me into it, like led me down where my like I was. I didn't think I thought I had her the whole game. And then she hits you with the. You sure? <laughs> yeah. Sure you're gonna make that move? <laughs> so that was that one. Oh man, I, I'm not actually. That doesn't really bother me, but it is one of those like moments. You'll get there. Trust me. Oh yeah, I'm waiting. There. All of a sudden, you're like, oh okay. Yeah, then kids better than me at that too. Then. He's already stealing attention from me, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? You're kid. Yeah. yeah. He's got no that. No one's asking about you anymore. Nope. Just not me. The baby. <laughs> hey, wanted to bring this to you on this Memorial Day. Uh, he's Greg Hill. I'm Eric Bilstad. Vince Vetrano is back tomorrow. So I have a, a former colleague uh, named Andy Smith, and you may recognize the name. Maybe you'll recognize the voice. Um, it, it's been pro- at least... I want to say at least 15 years or longer since he worked uh, with WTMJ. And he just has a way with words. And I remember he put this audio essay together. It's not very long, but it's so descriptive about his time as a child on Memorial Day and what, the, what he remembered from Memorial Day, especially when he was young, when the Vietnam War was taking place and whatnot. And just hearing him describe this, I felt like it was so relatable. And I'm from a different era than than him yet it still it spoke to me so i thought i'd, I'd want to bring it back so perhaps it'll speak to you on this holiday it always seemed to be either cold and raining or hot and humid during those memorial day parades that this reporter experienced as a kid growing up in the sullivan rome area out in jefferson county my brothers and i marched as cub scouts then as boy scouts on what seemed like an endless route from downtown rome out along a country road to a local cemetery at the top of a hill. The older people in the crowd always took off their hats as the flags we carried went by, some saluted, and there were always a few who were crying. Then as the Vietnam War raged on, it was little more than an indecipherable nightly TV news story with Walter Cronkite or John Chancellor trying to explain odd-sounding places like Tien Bien Phu, talking about some kind of massacre at another off-sounding place like Mei Lai, and then about Agent Orange and flamethrowers, not only did it not make sense to this young kid, it didn't make a lot of sense either to hundreds of thousands of people who started marches of their own, protest marches, with flags like those we'd carried being burned. 
Then, one week I noticed, in the cemetery of St. Mary's Church in Sullivan, a new grave was being dug. That next Sunday, in front of the mounded soil, was a simple, flat headstone. It had strange initials like PFC, and there was a little, brand-new American flag right next to the grave. Then I noticed that the young man who had died was very young and lost his life in this place called Vietnam. I didn't know the family. That grave always haunts me, though, when I go back home. I've always wished that I'd looked up the family and done something, even all these decades later. That grave, and all it meant, made this boy start listening a lot more closely to the news about Vietnam, looking at maps, trying to figure it out. Memorial Day always brings me back, whether I'm home or not, to that single, simple grave in my little hometown church's cemetery. What's Memorial Day mean to you? Andy Smith, News Radio 620, WTMJ. Andy Smith, an old colleague of ours here on WTMJ, wanted to bring back that audio essay, so my thanks to him for letting us fire that off again. Love bringing that one back. And Andy, by the way, I'm sure will be somewhere this morning at one of these many events, because I know how much that means to him. Uh, some of the events taking place um, here fairly soon. Some are already underway, believe it or not. In some areas, we know that we have a teammate, Patrick Kane, from WTMJ. He's in Lowell, which is in northwestern Dodge County, already this morning. Uh, they're doing some ceremonial work there. Milwaukee, uh, some of the bigger ones, Wood National Cemetery, their pre-ceremony concert begins at 9. The program starts at 925. Pine Lawn Memorial, they have an event that starts at 945. Let's see here. That's the one that's got, uh, that one's pretty cool. That one on Capitol Drive there. That one's got all the flags out. Most of these do. It's just, I, that part just always gets me like, the, you see all those flags in every one of them. Okay, that's a person. That's a person. That's a person. Um, Calvary Cemetery, that's the one that we got a call on. That's the one on Blue Mound. Greg, that one starts at 10. That's got the Archbishop on it. Yeah, and, and he's we're firing the cannons <laughs> yeah, we're after the ceremony or after the mass. Yeah, he's going to fire off a cannon. So if you hear that, that's just the Archbishop. Don't worry about it. 727 News About Your Money from the Annex Wealth Management Market Update. The market's closed today, this Memorial Day. Annex Wealth Management knows the difference. Your headline's next. Wisconsin's Morning News, Eric Bilstead along with producer Greg Hill and Dom Catronio in sports today. Vince is back tomorrow. So I have an admission to make. I was making uh, burgers the other day over this holiday weekend, and my nephew says to me after, he's like, Uncle Eric, he's like, that was the best burger just like it just there it is let's that go that was awesome i don't know what you did to that burger but it was phenomenal he's saying all this stuff about it and all it was was like a frozen patty i just threw on there to which you told him everything was premeditated <laughs> seasoned just right and yeah. appreciate your palate young man yeah yes i'm glad you picked up on the the nuances of what i was doing the there. notes <laughs> as i dropped that frozen circled piece of meat onto the grill and did nothing else to it but you're welcome i'm glad you enjoyed it hope you have a great Memorial Day. Hey, so this chef, uh, Michael Fecker, who's a well-known uh, chef in the area, in the Milwaukee area, He's own, he owns and runs a couple of restaurants in the area. Um, he was on with Steve Scafidi last week, and I wanted to bring this back, just like a, a five-minute conversation that you uh, you were able to pull, Greg, that I just think it's fascinating. Him talking to Steve about like 
what you should do and what you shouldn't do in your grilling. And I, I picked up on a couple of things that I was not aware of. So here's Michael Fecker on with Steve Scafidi. Set the table. I, I said that on purpose. Set the table for people. What should there be expectation? What should their ex- expectations be about grilling? Got what it. are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? All of that stuff. The do's and don'ts. Yes. And the why's and won'ts. Why, absolutely. I think one of the things that we all need to keep in mind is we got to focus on being a guest at our own events. So what footwork do we need to do to be able to achieve that? And the best way to do that is to prepare in advance and finish on the grill. I personally, unless it's burgers, I never take anything raw to the grill. Really? Never. So breast of chicken, for example, we call chicken, I call it a single temperature ingredient. That means we cook it all the way through. We do not have the choice to do it medium, medium rare, this, right. that. So the best way to take your chicken breast to the grill is to create a broth the night before, lay those chicken breasts in there cold, bring them to a boil, turn them down to a simmer, and let them absorb all those flavors that you have created in the broth. Okay, so what's the broth? The broth. I would do chicken broth if you're not a dairy person. If you're a dairy person, buttermilk, so the enzymes in the buttermilk breaks the connecting fibers of the chicken and makes it even more moist. It's like science. Yes, sir. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) A handful of your pickling spice in there because you have all of those beautiful flavors already done. You're simmering it on the stove? That's right. Exactly. And it's slowly cooking, Steve. Because remember, if you bring the broth to a boil and put your chicken breast in there after the fact, they're going to go into shock. They're going to close their pores. They're going to toughen up on you. You got to fool the chicken breast. You got to basically. <laughs> so what about hamburgers? Uh, burgers, I take directly to the grill because then I create a two-zone grill. Very hot, medium, right? So I start on the very hot. I go one minute per one side. Then that same size, I turn it 45 degrees so I get the same diamond shape on it. But I don't want to turn it right away because otherwise the burger is going to be introduced to heat when he's not ready. When's the best time to turn your burger? So I just I cooked burgers not too long ago. I kind of wait till it's cooked on the bottom or at least seared. Correct. Then flip it. Correct. The burger is going to talk to you. You're going to see that the color of the burger is going to be changing as heat is rising inside the burger. Once it's halfway up, you flip it. So look at the color of the edge of the burger. Bravo. That's it. That's it. So is there a proper or appropriate thickness of burger? I am a third of a pound burger guy. I don't want a half a pound because the ratio from the bun to the meat is going to be off. But when you do a third of a burger, you can achieve that perfect ratio. Or you do quarter pound burgers and you put two on top of each other. That way the kids can have the quarter pounds and the adults can have a half a pound. So many questions. Chef Michael Fecker joining us of his famous restaurants in our, in our area in southeastern Wisconsin. If you have a question, the text line is open, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank. Talking text line. All right, so everybody is going to be cooking some form of sausage. I think we're cooking uh, Italians and bratwurst. Brats, yeah. You and I talked about this before. Yes. What's the... Is there a right way, wrong way on this? The same way as the chicken. You cook your broth, you cook your uh, Polish sausage, whatever it is that is not cooked on the in the broth that the night before. You let it stay in the broth, but make sure your broth is seasoned because the minute you just put those burger, I mean broths, inside the um, another broth that you've created with no seasoning, all of those beautiful seasonings of the broth are going to be leached out. 
So you put your bay leaf, your beer, your salt, your pepper. Everything goes in. In the broth, and then you put the broths in there. You let it come to a boil and turn them off and let them sit in there. Tomorrow you go to the grill, and then you put them on the grill, and within two to three minutes, you have this juicy, beautiful, well-crisp broth. What about... After you've grilled them, you put the lines on them, as I like to say. Right, right. You, can you put them back in the broth or just no? You, you can, you can. It's like but the peppers w- and all that totally, stuff. Totally, but you can, you, you can absolutely do that if your broth is seasoned. But the reason usually we do that is because we want to prep in advance. So you grill them and then you keep them warm inside the broth. You can do that, but if we do it the other way around, you don't need to. You just grill and serve. Because the grilling is going to take a few minutes. You don't have to worry about the inside of the uh, broth being cooked. So these people that like cook on the grill for like an hour. Yeah. Not necessary. Not necessary at all. But that is their technique. And remember, if you are comfortable with your technique, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Ooh, I like that advice. That's Michael Fecker, a chef in the area. He owns uh, several restaurants in the area. He was on with Steve's Cafeti last week. Just wanted to bring that back so you can feel better about yourself or worse <laughs> when you go to the grill. It's 741 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Memorial Day weekend usually kicks off the, uh, the movie season, the summer movie season. And they uh, had a, I'd say it was a successful weekend. Little Mermaid debuting atop. Disney's live-action remake of The Little Mermaid made a big box office splash, taking in 96 million bucks over the weekend and projected to add another 22 million on Memorial Day. That'll make it the fifth-highest Memorial Day opening ever. You might want to buckle up. Fast 10 slows to second in week two, 28.7 million projected there. You gotta party with me. Disappointing fifth and sixth place debuts for the comedies The Machine and About My Father. Sebastian, I don't know how you're gonna fit in. Christopher Watson, ABC News. I have to admit i just don't see comedies or dramedies doing well in movies anymore maybe when you watch them on tv or stream them but if i'm going to a movie theater i don't know if i need to see a comedy i need to see action i need to see thriller oh, you want, like the big picture big picture yeah i see i don't need the three guys talking to each other making jokes i can <laughs> get that on my tv okay, right? <laughs> Seven forty-five. dom's got sports next Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All sports desk. Here's Dominic Catronio. The Brewers and the Giants series finale on Sunday featured Alex Cobb, one of the top five pitchers in the National League to this point in the season. His ERA barely over two heading into Sunday. After it, it certainly had a dent. Line to right center. Get down, baby. Base hit. Two more runs are going to score. It's five nothing Brewers. Miller with a liner in the right center. And the pitch. Hit to left and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for William Contreras. Bob Uther on the call here on WTMJ. The Brewers win 7-5. It got a little tight late. Devin Williams recorded a four-out save. Colin Ray got the win. All of this damage done against Alex Cobb, allowing a season-high seven runs for the Giants' ace. 
Here's manager Craig Council. He's pitching as well as uh, any starter in the National League right now. Um, so we, we did a great job against him for sure. And um, it, it's he's a tough pitcher, and we did a nice job against him. The Brewers are off today on Memorial Day, but they hit the road to Toronto tomorrow. First pitches at 6.07. Adrian Hauser will take the ball against Yusei Kikuchi. Our coverage will start at 5.35. Tonight, you've got a couple of great matchups. Of course, the headline, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA playoffs tips off at 7.30 on TNT. Boston and Miami, a reminder, no team has ever returned from an 0-3 deficit in NBA history. And on the ice, the Dallas Stars are trying to stave off elimination against the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a game six back in Dallas. Vegas wins. They will move on to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in their history. The Dallas Stars trying to make it twice in the last three years. They're also trying to come back from a 3-0 deficit and try to force a game seven on Wednesday. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks, Dominic. If you missed it earlier, we'll bring back, we'll do it around 8.15, around the sports time. Um, at 8.15, we'll bring back uh, Mr. Baseball's uh, Memorial Day comments during the broadcast yesterday. Bob Uecker making some poignant remarks. We'll bring that around 8.15. 7.48, honoring the Queen of Rock next. So we lost Tina Turner last week. Man, I, I, how many more? There are only so many like iconic golden voices. They, they don't grow on trees. And we're losing them. Um, what, Whitney Houston, Tina Turner, who else would be on that Aretha list? Aretha Franklin Aretha, would be on that we, list. we just lost her the last few years. Yeah, there's not a lot. You know, I always think about that with bands, too. Like, you know, how many, how many iconic bands are left? You know, there are the Pearl Jams, the Paul McCartney's, the Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, and then how many more? Foo Fighters, and then, is that it? Some 41, I don't know if they make the list, Greg. They don't, unfortunately. <laughs> Wisconsin's Morning News, Eric Bill said, along with uh, producer Greg Hill, Vince is back tomorrow. Wanted to bring this to you. So we were talking about Tina Turner because she passed away last week, and Bob Babish, who just recently retired, obviously big on a super uh, Summerfest, he had booked bands forever. Well, Tina had played Summerfest twice in her career. And Babish was on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. I wanted to bring back this conversation he had with the team there, the group, the, the afternoon show group, discussing Tina and her time at Summerfest. The legendary Tina Turner passes away at the age of 83, peacefully reports, say, at her home in Switzerland. Our good friend Bob Babish former vice president of entertainment at Summerfest, joins us live uh, from what's going to be a big old party, the Summerfest preview party in Milwaukee this afternoon. Hey, Bob, it's good to catch up. Thank you so much for being with us. How you doing? Man, doing great. I'm sure you're a little melancholy today. Um, tell us about your favorite Tina Turner stories from Summerfest. Well, you know, there's I've, I've got a few. Some I can't tell, but, you know, some, I've got some good <laughs> stories out there. But, I mean, her initial, her initial show at Summerfest, uh, she played the Pat's stage, Pat's Brewery stage. And there's a, there's a gentleman named Bob Milkovich who uh, was doing a lot of ethnic dance groups and that. And he had moved into more of a, of a rock thing than he was starting to do. You know, the Ricky Nelsons and the Paul Revere Raiders and things like that. And he had me check on Tina Turner because her and Ike had been broken up for a while and she was getting popular. 
And we managed to put her on the PAP stage in 1983 for two nights, two shows a night. And it was it was pretty amazing to watch. It was, wow. I mean, those in those days, they did two performances for like two 90-minute shows. They'd do a 90, then a break, and then another 90. And she rocked that thing two nights in a row, and it was happening. It was She was a whirling dervish, man. It was just really something to watch. She, she, was, a, she was a true superstar. She was really something. Well, she was a worker on stage. I don't think I ever saw her phone it in. You know, I mean, she, no. so that had to have been electrifying, and she was solo from Ike Turner, and she didn't know she was going to be a superstar the next year. Right, and a lot of, a lot of people hadn't really seen her uh, live before that, you know, doing shows. And I'm telling you, she was just a dynamo up there. It was just something to watch. And then we did her again in 1993 in the amphitheater. We were lucky enough to do that. It sold out in like a couple of days. And, uh, I mean, she played around the market a bunch of other times. I think she did a goodbye tour sometime some in 2020 or something like that. She might have been in Milwaukee. But I'm telling you, she was some, and, and she was a nice person, you know. I mean, it was just, it was a wonderful thing. She was a consummate entertainer, really fun to watch. Bob, I wanted to ask you about that. You're fortunate to spend time with a lot of these artists. What was she like? Paint the picture of Tina Turner as a person. Pleasant and polite and, uh, just nice to be around backstage. I mean, a lot of a lot of times you find artists that, uh, especially sometimes the divas that that tend to want get insulated and you know, meet them and and uh, they stay in their own little world. And uh, but she wasn't that way. She was she was different that way. You just she was, she was a pleasant, just a pleasant person, you know, and, and just a great entertainer. Well, I have to think with that smile and those cheekbones, like when that's directed at you, like how does that make you feel? <laughs> she was great. It was great fun. Great fun. Bob Abish with us on WTMJ. Bob, as you've been in the business longer and people pass away, I remember talking to you after Tom Petty died and now Tina Turner. What's it like? What kind of perspective does it give you when these iconic figures are no longer with us? Well, you know, it was. It, there's a different eras of musicians, right? And and they have their moments, and they're great, and they're fantastic. And I hate to say this, life goes on. You know, there's another artist coming up that people want to learn about and want to, want to visit and want to listen to. And that's a part of the art form, right? People love to listen to music, new music, old music, whatever it is. And it all moves forward. It's great. You know, when you think about Tina Turner and that husky voice and that commanding presence, Bob, it seems like when she sang about being hurt, when she sang about rising up, it had different meaning and different virality because of what she had been through. Is that a fair assessment? Right. That's definitely a fair assessment. Definitely a fair assessment. She was, she was a talented entertainer, man. It, it really came through. It always came through when she performed. You know, she won, what, 12 Grammys? Yeah. I, I mean, she, she was incredible. Just incredible talent. And touched all different forms. She, of course, yeah. was, because she's such an entertainer on stage, thus inspiring now the award-winning musical that is now touring around and that even her Tina musical will be back in Milwaukee in April at the Marcus and inspiring her, just her life was inspiring to other people, not just her artwork. Right. Absolutely. You know, it was, it was, she was a great talent and uh, the world will miss her. Bob, is there anybody uh, today that you could compare when you think about presence or you think about story or you think about who tina turner was 
I mean, you can look at Beyonce, right? I mean, you can look at what talent she is. We're, we're dancing, dancing, the show that she puts on, that huge show when she entertains. Look at look at Taylor Swift right now. Look what she's doing right now. I mean, she's putting on huge shows that last three hours long. Great talent to all of them. Bob Babish, former entertainment director at Summerfest, talking about Tina, Fern, uh, Tina Turner on Wisconsin's Afternoon News last week. Wanted to bring some of that back. It is 7.58. Coming up next hour, we're going to hear from Mr. Baseball. Some poignant remarks from Mr. Baseball regarding Memorial Day. We want to play that for you. Plus, uh, later on in the hour, John Mercure had a great piece about a Pearl Harbor, uh, a service member who was killed in Pearl Harbor and now being brought home finally this weekend. We'll have that story as well. Right now, 759 business headlines from the Milwaukee Business Journal's Teddy Nichol. As David's Bridal accelerates the pace of its store closures, employees throughout Wisconsin are now expected to lose their jobs by the end of June. The bankrupt retailer initially projected its workers would be laid off between June 12th and August 11th. Masterlock Company said it's closing its plant on Milwaukee's north side as it looks to maximize, maximize growth potential, maintain competitiveness, and rely more on external suppliers. More than 300 local employees will lose their jobs. Former Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer is putting his Waukesha County Lake House on the market less than a month after the NBA team fired him. He bought the house for $1.7 million in 2020 and is listing it for $7 million after a full renovation. I'm Teddy Nykow with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ. Exciting Unlimited WTMJ. 810. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Good Memorial Day morning to you. A gorgeous Monday. It's been just a perfect weekend. Just a perfect holiday weekend for whatever you are doing. Of course, today is a big day. We honor those we've lost serving and fighting and protecting our country this Memorial Day. I know there are a lot of events taking place, some already getting started, others later this morning. And we'll have uh, some much, uh, we'll have more Memorial Day coverage, I should say, later this hour. We're going to hear from John Mercure, who has a great story about a service member who lost his life in Pearl Harbor and is now back home this weekend, 80 years after his death. So we're going to hear that story from John uh, probably around 8.35-ish. We'll also hear from Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre, who had some poignant and profound comments about Memorial Day. We'll do that after sports here coming up in just a couple of minutes. And for me, like, Greg, I was telling you this earlier, the, uh, for me, this is like one of my favorite holidays. And I, I know that sounds funny to say that, and it has nothing to do with, oh, because I get to go boating or see my kids and sit out in the patio. And I do all those things. And it's awesome. And I love it. But like, I, for me, it's like, it's perspective. It, it makes me appreciate the fact that I can mulch my lawn today if I want, and I can make a frozen patty into a hamburger, and like little things like that, I can I appreciate it more. I, I hug my kids a little bit longer, kiss my wife a little bit harder, and all those things, just because I know that life is short, and it's because of these men and women that have done this for us. So I just I appreciate them, and I appreciate the day. I just look that it, it's a good reminder for all of us. Just look at the day a little differently and appreciate. That you don't have to complain about everything, right? Yeah, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> you can complain a little bit, I guess, because yep. that's your prerogative, but yeah, life is short. Spot on.
And when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to worry about those weeds and you're not going to worry about taxes and you're not going to worry about all this other stuff. You're going to be thinking about those that you loved. So think about that today. Let, let them have the perspective and give that to you. Um, and it's funny. I often think of this when I lament about like yard work and stuff. I guarantee you all those men and women we lost overseas, they'd love to be doing yard work. So I'll move that mulch for them. And I say that with love and appreciation today. I know it's a special day for a lot of people. So we want to thank them and those Gold Star families who are out today. No, it can be emotional for a lot of people. We're thinking about you. So anyway, we got a lot to get to including what happened at the Indy 500. This isn't a a sports story. This is more of a holy cow tragedy averted. We'll get into that as well. But first, we have sports with Dom. He's got all the regular specs, and that's next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All sports desk. Here's Dominic Catronio. The Brewers and the Giants series finale on Sunday featured Alex Cobb, one of the top five pitchers in the National League to this point in the season. His ERA barely over two heading into Sunday. After it, it certainly had a dent. Line to right center. Get down, baby. Base hit. Two more runs are going to score. It's 5 nothing Brewers. Owen Miller with a liner in the right center. And the pitch. Hit to left and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for William Contreras. Bob, you throw on the call here on WTMJ. The Brewers win 7-5. It got a little tight late. Devin Williams recorded a four-out save. Colin Ray got the win. All of this damage done against Alex Cobb, allowing a season-high seven runs for the Giants' ace. Here's manager Craig Council. He's pitching as well as uh, any starter in the National League right now. Um, so we, we did a great job against him for sure. And um, it, it's, he's a tough pitcher, and we did a nice job against him. The Brewers are off today on Memorial Day, but they hit the road to Toronto tomorrow. First pitches at 6.07. Adrian Hauser will take the ball against Yusei Kikuchi. Our coverage will start at 5.35. Tonight, you've got a couple of great matchups. Of course, the headline, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA playoffs tips off at 7.30 on TNT. Boston and Miami, a reminder, no team has ever returned from an 0-3 deficit in NBA history. And on the ice, the Dallas Stars are trying to stave off elimination against the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a game six back in Dallas. Vegas wins. They will move on to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in their history. The Dallas Stars trying to make it twice in the last three years. They're also trying to come back from a 3-0 deficit and try to force a game seven on Wednesday. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. In honor of Memorial Day, Bob Euchre, of course, a veteran, spoke on Memorial Day yesterday. They don't have a game today. Um, and I've heard him mention Memorial Day in the past, and it's always just poignant when you hear Mr. Baseball talk about something serious. And obviously we all know how much he cares about Gold Star families, veterans, being a vet himself, and that type of thing. So we wanted to bring this to you. This is from the broadcast yesterday. Here's Mr. Baseball. Before we leave you today... And this Memorial Day weekend finishes up. And we remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice to have us be able to do what we did today for you. To be able to broadcast Major League Baseball games. And all of that is due to these people. The veteran, not the preacher, who has given us the religion and the freedom of that. It is the veteran, not the reporter, who has given us freedom of the press. 
It is the veteran, not the poet, who has given us freedom of speech. It is the veteran, not the campus organizer, who has given us freedom to assemble. It is the veteran, not the lawyer, who has given us the right to a fair trial. It is the veteran, not the politician, who has given us the right to vote. It is the veteran who salutes the flag, who serves under the flag, and whose coffin is draped by the flag. Author unknown from a disabled American veteran magazine. What a scene at the Indianapolis 500. So this is the big race every year, open a wheeled race. They go around that track a million times, and uh, a lot of people, big, big deal for a lot of people. And uh, yesterday, you'd think the biggest story would be the winner. This guy wins, and then he climbs out into the stands and is you know, taking selfies with people as he won. He was a man of the people kind of thing, which is pretty cool. Uh, several women drove. You know, there's more and more women driving in this race. So, like, there's all these other storylines, but the biggest storyline is what could have happened when a giant tire flew off one of the cars and propelled itself over the grandstands and into a parking lot to hit a car. Unbelievable. It happened 17 laps to go in the race, hundreds of thousands of fans in the stands. So basically, driver Kyle Kirkwood and Felix Rosenquist, they kind of hit each other. One of the cars spun out, so the two tires hit each other going opposite directions. One car was facing the wrong way. Their tires kind of clip each other, and it just shoots one. All the way over the grandstand. Here's how it sounded. Not, nothing, though, guys, as we see Joseph Newgarden on the outside of Felix Rosenquist moves that shell car. Oh! Felix in the Here's wall. the initial crash. This is going to be a big hit right here. I don't know if he's going to keep it out of the turn two wall. Oh, no. Kirkwood. Ooh. Oh, no, as that tire goes flying over the stands. I mean, this thing was going 100 miles per hour. This could have been catastrophic. All it did was it ended up hitting a car in a parking lot, maybe like 70 yards away or something. But like this thing just like it got shot out of a cannon. They build technology into those gates and all the fences around the racetrack. Like you could go 300 miles per hour and those fences would catch you. But if you get a tire up over those things, God knows what's going to happen next. And like people saw it and like people were ducking. They had no idea where the thing was going to go. Shaking, nervous. Just almost about to cry. Not, I'm just thankful that nobody got hurt. That's one fan. Here are some more. All I seen was a bang and a tire go through the air. Kirkwood went sideways. A pizza Clyde hit me right there. The, the rubber. Well, it actually wrecked in front of us, so he felt some of the rubber debris. Now listen to what he says right here. Um, we saw the tire, which part of the suspension, fly right over us. I don't ever want to hear that. I don't ever want to see a tire fly over me. Nope. That is the last thing I ever want to see is a giant tire going 100 miles per hour flying over the stands. And where did it end up? It hit a car, like a Chevy Cruze. Just a white Chevy Cruze just parked in the parking lot. Uh, the lady who owns it, her name is Robin, and she spoke with local TV reporters. I saw the tire go over because I was in turn two, and they said the tire went over, and somebody said that it hit one of the golf carts. Well, I was parked by the golf cart, and I looked... And I saw the back of my car, and I'm like, okay, I didn't think of anything. And then 
somebody from another suite's like, Robin, it was your car. And I'm like, shut up. You know, because I didn't believe him. He's a jokester. And he's like, it's your car. And he showed me a picture. I'm like, immediately my stomach dropped and I was shaking. Just, just anxious and nervous, you know, just scared. Not just thankful that nobody got hurt, you know. And um, my car's name is Snowball. And she took one for the team. Yeah. Yeah, so Snowball took one for the team. Uh, wow. Snowball, actually, did you think that it had a lot of damage to it? It didn't look like it was actually damaged as much as you'd think. I mean, if you think about a tire 100 miles an hour hitting your car. Flying in like a comet. The picture that everyone pictures is, oh, it got obliterated. No, not really. Like, yeah. What, the driver's side tire was flat? The light didn't work, and there was a little fluid come out the bottom. Yeah. She said it looked like the uh, the hood was a little busted up. She talked a little bit about the damage. <laughs> what was the damage? Um, I don't know. The radiator, the lights were on, and then there was fluid leaking from it. It was the left side, the driver's side. It was totally dented. The tire was messed up, so they towed it away. Did. Do you know, did the tire land on your car? Did it bounce oh, it, and hit your car? Yeah, it landed on my car. Yeah. <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite question, by the way. That yeah, I know what that is. That's reporter knowing that he has to continue the interview. <laughs> so would you say the tire <laughs> hit your car? Uh, yeah. Um, yes, it did, sir. I think oh. we've spoken about that already. Uh, so, by the way, that car, like, getting towed away got all kinds of attention. I, I wonder, like, what happens now with her insurance? Like, does she call the insurance agency? So <laughs> this Indy tire shot 75 yards and hit the car. No, I was not in it. Well, I mean, yeah, I did park there intentionally. I mean, are they going to say act of God? They're going to point to the back of the ticket. You presume your risk going to a racing event. Yeah, right. They did do good by her, though. So, like, the racing officials, she was, like, clearly all in. Like, she had, like, a, a checkered dress on. She was, like, a big fan of racing in India and all that. So she got to kiss the bricks, which is a big thing. They oh, let her really? go down there. Yeah. Oh, and that's they, super cool. And then they drove her home. So she, <laughs> she still doesn't have her Chevy Cruze beloved snowball, but at least she's okay. That's the part that I'm just happy about. I cannot, that could have been catastrophic. And we've seen that in other sports, hockey. We've seen it in baseball. So I wonder, what do you do? I mean, do you consider something? I don't know what you would even consider in a fluke thing like that, but oh, boy. News about your money at 827 from Annex Wealth Management. The market update. The market's closed today because it is Memorial Day. Annex Wealth Management, know the difference. Wisconsin's morning news. Eric Bilstead along with producer Greg Hill. Vince is back tomorrow. Why couldn't you work today? What was it? Was it Janet Jackson? He was at the show last night. I think he just had too much fun. <laughs> I couldn't make it. Yeah. yeah, Vince will be back tomorrow, though. Enjoying his holiday. Um, by the way, ironically enough, we were talking about that tire. And thanks to a couple of texters who uh, weighed in on this on the old National Bank Talk and text line, 855-616-1620. We're talking about that tire that got propelled from a car at the Indianapolis 500 and shot, I don't know, 50 or 75 yards away, landed in a parking lot. No one was hurt, amazingly. Um, I mean, that could have been catastrophic. Anyway, we did, a spectator was killed at the Indy 500 Back in 1987, and that spectator was from Rothschild, Wisconsin, so right near Wausau, amazingly enough. Wow. Um, and tire bounced off the front of a car and careened 30 feet to the grandstand's top row and, and hit this unfortunate soul. So that, it has happened before. 
And man, like just count your lucky stars. Everything worked out okay yesterday. But that like crash, by the way, in itself was just amazing and incredible. The fact that no one was really hurt in the crash and then this tire shooting off. Moving on. A sailor from Wisconsin who was killed at Pearl Harbor, never found, has now been identified. And after more than 80 years, this sailor is now coming home to be buried this Memorial Day. WDTMJ's John Mercure has this amazing story. As the waves rolled in, December 7, 1941, began quiet and beautiful at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. A cherished son from Wisconsin was there. 25-year-old David Riley from Judah in central Wisconsin was a radio man on the battleship Oklahoma. Deb Krause-Smith is a distant cousin. For them, I think it was an ordinary day. Um, the, there were ships that were um, moored there at Pearl Harbor. They were, some of them were not on the ship. Um, they were uh, on shore. Some of them had families there. It was a Sunday. It was, a, from what I understand, a beautiful Sunday morning. The day quickly turned to anything but ordinary. The USS Oklahoma was torpedoed, and the ship actually, within 12 minutes, capsized. And so there were people who were able to get off the ship, but some were trapped inside. Um, From what I've read, the ship turned almost, well, it did turn upside down, and so um, the people left inside were even disoriented because up was down and down was up. And... Uh, there were some men who were able to, to get out, but most of them that were left on the ship did not. Many, including Riley, were trapped for days as the massive ship became a steel tomb. David was one of them. And I'm, you know, I kind of think like, you know, why did he have to be one of the 429? More than 400 sailors died and hundreds of men couldn't be identified. They were buried at the Punchbowl National Cemetery of the Pacific in massive caskets. The men were there for almost 75 years before being exhumed in 2015 because of advances in DNA testing technology. Initially, one of the caskets they opened, they thought would be, you know, four or five, the remains of four or five sailors. And it turned out there was over 100 sailors in one casket. Riley was identified, and Deb Krause-Smith is now hopeful he and his family can now finally rest. The sad part for me is that um, when he went to the Navy, I think he was just starting to find himself. uh, Because one of the last letters that he sent home before Pearl Harbor was that he was starting to realize the seriousness of life and that he had missed opportunities along the way, and he intended to make that right when he was done with his service, but he never got that opportunity. And in quiet Judah, Wisconsin, population 400, David Riley is coming home. I'm just happy. I I think it's wonderful. And I'm glad that there's going to be some closure to this whole story. On this Memorial Day weekend, it's a goodbye, 81 years in the making. It's a wonderful feeling, and it's not so much for family members, but for the community. John Merck here, WTMJ News. 8.38 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Wisconsin's Morning News on Memorial Day Monday. You know, we should mention we have a Brewers Classic this afternoon. Game 163. This afternoon, need I say more? Wrigley Field. I think we all know how it ends. 
hear it. For it the might, first it time. might not, though. <laughs> yeah, you might want to listen, just in case. It up, might not end the same. You might be surprised at how it ends this year. Uh, yeah, so at uh, airing at 3 o'clock today, Brewers uh, Classic. So, yeah, that'll be a great one. Uh, much more in sports coming up from Dom here in five minutes. Okay, so we have this. Travel is obviously a big thing today, and sometimes, I don't know if Milwaukee will deal with this, but sometimes the airports on the, the last day or the roads on the last day of the Memorial Day holiday are busy. There will be some congestion today. Uh, in honor of that, Forbes advisor analyzed 37,000 tweets across 60 airports to see which airport has the angriest travelers and what are the most common issues travelers are experiencing. So Milwaukee Mitchell is the 11th most infuriating to travelers in the U.S. The 11th. The 11th worst. People are so PO'd for whatever reason at the Milwaukee airport, according to this analysis. Number one, by the way, is John Wayne Airport in uh, Orange County. So we are number 11. 55% of the tweets to Milwaukee Mitchell were angry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. No one's like, what a pleasant experience. Let me tweet about it. That's never happened, ever. Yeah, the only thing you do is complain, right, when you're tweeting. <laughs> What's there for? Hey, uh, Milwaukee Mitchell, what's the deal? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> TSA lines are too long. <laughs> it's just... So in, anyway, um, the most... Con- and by the way, 55%, the only... The, uh, 45% of the other tweets are all recombobulation pictures. That's the only other thing on there. It's either recombobulation picture or it's people complaining. Uh, most common words of complaints that are tweeted about Milwaukee Mitchell are delays, cancellations, lost... And Southwest. <laughs> at, least, at least it's not like people or like names. Yeah. Eric. It's trending. Why? Vetrano. It's on, at the Milwaukee airport. Uh, yeah. So anyway, number 11 out of uh, 60. So that's up there. If you're curious, John Wayne Airport in Orange County, California, of course, 65% of the tweets to John Wayne Airport are angry tweets. Yeah, is it because animal. they expect John to be at the gate? Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what could be Where, so bad? Where's John Where Wayne? Where is he, huh? I don't see John Wayne. Where's John Wayne? That's what they all Who's say. Who's this Marion guy? <laughs> Jacksonville is number two. Epley Airfield in Omaha is three. Tampa is four. And San Antonio is five. Rounding it out. I don't see. Atlanta's six. I was wondering where O'Hare is. O'Hare's not in the top ten, amazingly enough. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Top words of complaints for the number one for John Wayne. Noise. Staff, TSA, and delayed. So there you have it. Sports with Dom in two minutes. It's 843. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call Bets All Sports Desk. Here's Dominic Catronio. The Brewers and the Giants series finale on Sunday featured Alex Cobb, one of the top five pitchers in the National League to this point in the season. His ERA barely over two heading into Sunday. After it, it certainly had a dent. Line to right center. Get down, baby. Base hit. Two more runs are going to score. It's 5 nothing Brewers. Owen oh, Miller with a liner in the right center. And the pitch. Hit to left and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for William Contreras. 
Bob Euchre on the call here on WTMJ. The Brewers win 7-5. It got a little tight late. Devin Williams recorded a four-out save. Colin Ray got the win. All of this damage done against Alex Cobb, allowing a season-high seven runs for the Giants' ace. Here's manager Craig Council. He's pitching as well as uh, any starter in the National League right now. Um, so we, we did a great job against him for sure. And um, it, it's, he's a tough pitcher, and we did a nice job against him. The Brewers are off today on Memorial Day, but they hit the road to Toronto tomorrow. First pitches at 6.07. Adrian Hauser will take the ball against Yusei Kikuchi. Our coverage will start at 5.35. Tonight, you've got a couple of great matchups. Of course, the headline, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA playoffs tips off at 7.30 on TNT. Boston and Miami, a reminder, no team has ever returned from an 0-3 deficit in NBA history. And on the ice, the Dallas Stars are trying to stave off elimination against the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a game six back in Dallas. Vegas wins. They will move on to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in their history. The Dallas Stars trying to make it twice in the last three years. They're also trying to come back from a 3-0 deficit and try to force a game seven on Wednesday. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. And a quick reminder, too, don't forget, thanks, Dom, that we do have the Brewers Classic today, since they don't play. 3 o'clock this afternoon, Game 163, that infamous game, Brewers and Cubs from Wrigley Field. I remember, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I remember talking to some of the sales reps after that game. It was a day game during the week. And I remember them telling me that the the number of people listening to that game on the radio was through the roof just because people were working, they're on the go. It wasn't a day where you could just kind of sit and watch it. Everyone listening to the Euchre on that call, just awesome. 847. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Wisconsin's Morning News, wrapping up Eric Bilstead, along with producer Greg Hill. Vince is back tomorrow. Thanks for everyone who partook. Thanks to Greg for helping us keep it on the track today. And if there's anything you heard that you wanted to catch up on, I know that um, I got a couple of texts and emails about the Andy Smith. One of my former colleagues um, had a, a really neat audio essay that he wrote and recorded when he used to work here, which was nearly, it's like 15 years ago. It was a while ago. And it stuck with me the first time I heard it. It talks about how he remembers being a kid on Memorial Day, and he just has some very vivid memories about Vietnam because he was a kid at that time, and what, how, how he saw open graves that were getting dug because of someone coming home who has been serving overseas and whatnot. And just, it's very poignant. He's got a way with words. And if you want to hear it, along with anything else we have on the podcast page, just text the word Vince. The 855-616-1620. We'll send you that link, and it's got all of our podcasts on it. 855-616-1620 to the Old National Bank. Talk and text line, Vince. And uh, you can hear that Andy Smith piece or any others as well. Steve Scafidi joining us in studio. Steve, coming in on Memorial Day. It's great to see you, buddy. Yeah, it's. I actually like working on Memorial Day. It's um, it's it's a day that we're obviously going to remember. I, I, I've had the, the, the honor of going to both Normandy and Arlington National Cemetery in the last four or five months. Mm. And that gives you a different perspective. So we'll talk about some of that. Uh, Carol's coming in today as well. Awesome. So kind of a fun show. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the fun stuff, the, you know, the barbecue stuff. But I was out at, at a um, a former partner of our station here, Wisconsin, H E A R Wisconsin. Oh yeah, we did a live event there. It's got to be five or six years ago. Yeah, sure. From inside, it's a it's a place that really helps people here mm-hmm. better. 
And uh, as soon as I drove into the parking lot, I remember us doing that event. This was the Scafidi and Billstead days. And they remembered us being there. And it was it was one of those things that re- reminds you of the past, right? Oh, that's awesome. And they were so nice out there. And uh, one of our sales guys was out there with me. And, and just uh, that, that memory kind of... Kindled some uh, some of the, the great things go. about the early days of our show. We had such a blast back then. Uh, the good old days. Scafidi and Billstead. Yes. Remember we fought about, well, should it be Billstead or Scafidi? Or? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I came to throwing fists, I think, at one point. Scotty Warris is our producer. Yes. Ah, my gosh. I uh, was texting with him just the other day. Yeah. So, yeah, Scott's doing well, by the way, for those who are wondering. Uh, you mentioned, like, today in the—this I, I, is one of my favorite holidays, and— I know that can sound funny, and I the reason it is is because I really appreciate the perspective. I, I appreciate the reminder that life is precious, that life is short, that I need to be more thankful, that I need to appreciate. And I, I thank those who have given the ultimate sacrifice, who have done the things that I could never do. I just I, I could never do what some of these men and women have done over the years and their families and what they go through every year when they have those emotional moments. And I, I appreciate that. Like, I, I, I really do. It makes it makes the world look a little brighter to me after Memorial Day because I realize how special we have it. It's a pretty remarkable thing we got. And I, I'm glad that I have a moment to be reminded of that. Yeah, and as as you get older, and you're still a fairly young guy, you'll 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 feel that even more. I've had the honor of talking to veterans, Vietnam, Korea, even World War II, um, about their experiences. And there's not a one that didn't go into these situations across the globe with a sense of fear. Yeah, without a sense of fear. I mean, they they had that. But they also were brave and, and heroic. But they didn't think about that stuff. They just wanted to do their job. They were trained well. They were with you know fighting with a, a, a group of men primarily that also had the same stories they had. They were just guys from somewhere that got together and, and they were had a, a common cause, a common battle. And from World War II all the way through to Iraq, Iraq Afghanistan, with my producer Brandon Snide, the story's the same. Just commitment to country and i've said this before on my show i don't know if we have that in us anymore and mm. i hope we do it's just we seem to be self-centered and focused on different what? things no we're not come on <laughs> and i'm disappointed by that <laughs> if, as you can tell i just i hope we have that in us because the world history suggests we'll need to bring that up again at some point and and respond in, in that same fashion i hope that we can do that hey can i ask you when was sure. the first time do you remember the first time you realize your kids, one of your daughters, was better at something than you? Hmm. Are they better at <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've had a few, but most recently this past weekend. So I took my kid fishing um, Friday night into Saturday, uh, he and my nephew. And uh, it teenager now, and it, it's official. He is a better fisherman than Oh, I am. there you go. It's not even close anymore. I, as much as I, it pains me to say this, both of my daughters are, are unbelievable communicators. They do a lot of talking in their jobs. And they're both, I think, better at it than I am, huh? <laughs> which is hard for me to say because I, you know, I'm on the radio. But they're they're brilliant communicators. And, and here's the thing about kids: there's a moment. I know why you brought this up because I think there's a moment of of pride in what you've done. You've, yeah, you've, sure. you've passed on something to your kid. I, I had this with my grandson Coop over the weekend. Cooper, um, his dad was a baseball player, professional baseball player. He could be a player or not, but this little four year old. <laughs> Can throw like a son of a gun already. His dad was a pitcher. I was like Cooper. That is, a, I mean, he, he drilled it at me, and he's four years old, right on the money. That that kind of is uh, is just kind of awe inspiring when yeah. you see that in young kids. Put the ball in his left hand, buddy. Mm. 
Well, here's the thing. A little southpaw action going on. He's a right-hand thrower, left-hand batter. Ooh, see? That, see? That, <laughs> isn't that wild? Already working. Did you catch fish when you were out? Um, I only caught a couple of tiny panfish, but he was pulling the game. He was pulling the 19-inch basses out of the water. So. Nice. That's I mean, bass fishing, if you like that kind of fishing, is just oh, man. It's, it's, it's exciting, fire. exhilarating. So you were out at like a Williams Bay area, yep, right? Yep, my, yeah. I spent every summer of my life has been at least portions of it in Williams Bay, so I brought the kid down there for the weekend. There's that nostalgia piece. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've been hearing from the weather people, this stretch is one of the best stretches we've ever had around Memorial Day ever in recorded weather history. This is unbelievable. I told you I'm gonna after this I got six hours of planning to do it. I did I did eight hours yesterday. Holy cow. But the garden is gonna look fantastic. I look forward to the tomatoes when you bring them in for Ab- me. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited about that. We need some rain though. All right, we'll get it. We'll get it. Maybe a pop-up shower on uh, Wednesday through Friday. Maybe pop-up showers. Don't forget, if you ever want to see anything on the podcast page, just text the word Vince. The Old National Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620. we got business headlines. Business headlines before Scafidi and Carol from the Milwaukee Business Journal's Teddy Nyko. Former Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer is putting his Waukesha County Lake House on the market less than a month after the NBA team fired him. He bought the house for $1.7 million in 2020 and is listing it for $7 million after a full renovation. As David's Bridal accelerates the pace of its store closures, employees throughout Wisconsin are now expected to lose their jobs by the end of June. The bankrupt retailer initially projected its workers would be laid off between June 12th and August 11th. Masterlock Company said it's closing its plant on Milwaukee's north side as it looks to maximize growth potential, maintain competitiveness, and rely more on external suppliers. More than 300 local employees will lose their jobs. I'm Teddy Nykel with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.